Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. There's a word that we have heard many times. It appears throughout the Bible. And the word is a Hebrew word, and it is the Torah. Now, normally that term, the Torah, is translated into English with the phrase, the law. And we know something today, that the law is not in force. Does that mean that it is not relevant? It has no more significance? It does not. We need to understand something from the position of Judaism and look at what the rabbis say and then see if what they say is true and the conclusion, the implications that they have for that. See, this may surprise many of you, but if you look at Orthodox Judaism, and why are we talking only about Orthodox Judaism? Because any other expression of Judaism has no authoritative texts. It is only what someone says from that group at that time. It can change. There's nothing uh, definite, nothing that is written down that is binding. So it's only with Orthodox Judaism that you truly have a framework, things that are consistent, things that are written down so that there can be a proper understanding. And this is what Orthodox Judaism says concerning the law. They say today because primarily there is no temple in Jerusalem. See, did you realize that a great number of commandments that are found within the first five books of the Bible, what we call the Torah, are connected to the temple. Approximately 250, perhaps a few more, are all connected to the temple service. There's no temple today. And therefore, a great number of the commandments of the law cannot be done. Now, this is what some people say. Well, just do the ones you can but the problem with that is that it's totally unbiblical. Let's be biblical. And when I say that, I'm talking about looking at a New Testament passage. The book of James, literally his name James, both in Hebrew and Greek, is Yaakov. So when we look at what's referred to as James Epistle, chapter 2 and verse 10, you know what it says? It says, if someone and this is a hypothetical situation. If someone was able to keep all the commandments, and if we count them in those first five books of the Bible, there are 613. If someone could do all 612, but just one, James says he stumbles in, what is he? The Bible says in that passage of Scripture that he becomes guilty of all. Why is that? Well, the simple answer is because the Torah is a unit. You either keep all of it or 
you're guilty of all the commandments. That's what the Word of God says to teach us that it is a unit. Now, there's a very practical law from the rabbis to help us understand that. And that is when you look at a Torah written, it's on parchment, that is landskin today, written with a special ink. And again, it's those first five books of the Bible. From Sefer Bereshit, Le Sefer Devarim, that is from the book of Genesis to the book of Deuteronomy. Now, there's lots of letters in those five books of the Bible. And if one letter cannot be read, the entire Torah, according to Jewish law, is, is forbidden. You can't use it. It's to teach us over and over that the Torah is a unit. It's either all or nothing. And because there's no temple, there are numerous commandments, what's called in Hebrew mitzvot, that cannot be done. So what do the rabbis say about that? Now, I would agree with the first part. Because there's no temple, and there can be other reasons as well, but primarily because there's no temple, one cannot keep the law. Therefore, because of the impossibility to keep the law, Judaism says the Torah is not in force. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't study it, learn from it, apply it to our life, but we're not, and hear this term, Paul used it frequently, we are not under the law, meaning this, the Torah is not an instrument of judgment right now. So what do the rabbis do? Well, here's what I don't agree with. They simply create another law. Now, we speak of Torah the Oraita. What's that? It's an Aramaic term because much of the rabbinical language is in Aramaic. It literally means what we would call today betav, which is written. So the Torah the Oraita is the written Torah. What we've been referring to, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And what they say is that those laws are no longer incumbent upon us because the Torah is not enforced. So what did they do? Man has created additional laws. Using those laws, but changing them or the punishment of them and such. So you have a choice. First of all, if you believe the Bible, we all agree. Paul says it. We are not under the law. So then what? Agree with the rabbis and do the rabbinical law? I do not. This is not what I believe is of God. What is of God? Well, we have something. If you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, we're studying in the book of Romans. We're going to get there in a moment, chapter 2. But in chapter 7 and verse 6, it tells us that we believers, we are supposed to do the law in the newness of the Holy Spirit. That means now, as a believer, having the indwelling Spirit of Yeshua within me, the Holy Spirit, I can look at the Word of God, all the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, study it, and my desire as a believer, being someone who has received the grace of God, see, the grace of God works in our life. Through grace, we're saved, but the grace, the grace of God is multifaceted. 
That means it has additional purposes. Yes, we are saved by grace, but grace as it works in a person's life, it is going to lead them, move them to obedience to God's will. Let me just say this, and I'm amazed that this is controversial among some believers. It ought not be. If you have been saved by grace, if your faith is in Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, you should want, you have a new nature. You've been born again. You have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, hear this, the Holy Spirit brings God's order into your life. Therefore, a true believer, we want to submit to God. We want to order our life according to his truth. We want to take spiritual truth like all of God's word, including the commandments, Old Testament commandments, New Testament commandments, and we want to apply the truth of them to our life, being led by the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, in a few months, we're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 4, where it says, those who walk not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, what happens? They fulfill Listen carefully. Sitkata Torah, the righteousness of the law. Not the letter of the law, but the purpose, the righteousness of the law. So with these things in our minds that we're called to be mature enough to say, yes, I want to utilize all of God's word and the commandments as well in order to see the relevance of God's instructions in order to apply them to my life today as a believer, being led by the Spirit of God, that the righteousness of the law, that's what Paul says, Romans 8, 4, might be fulfilled in me and through me. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Romans and chapter 12. Chapters 2, excuse me. The book of Romans, chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 12. Romans chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. Paul says, For as many without the law, hear this, without the law have sinned, without the law also they perish. So what do we learn from that? Something very basic, and that's this. Sin brings death. What's sin? What you think, what I think? No. What the Word of God says, sin, in the most simplest understanding, is a disobedience to the instructions or the commandments of God. And therefore, he says here, whether one be under the law, that is, a Jewish person, or not, having no understanding of the law, he says, for as many, and the implication is, without the law, having sin, without the law, also they perish now look at the second part god what did we learn at the conclusion of last week that god shows no partiality to jew or gentile same thing and that's why he says and as many that are with the law they have the law and they sin it says through the law that means by means of the law they what they will be judged so what happens when one sins whether they have received the law or not whether they have knowledge of it or not if they sin who defines sin god does 
Now, the law helps us because the law, those commandments, teach us God's expectations for our life, what he expects from us, what we ought to do and not to do. Here again, as believers, without a temple, we are led by the Holy Spirit to apply them with spiritual maturity. Why? Because we're concerned with righteousness. Remember what I said a few minutes ago. Grace has many purposes. God's grace, yes, God's grace saves me. Saves me eternally. Not by my works, lest anyone should boast. As Paul says several times, it is evident, he says, no one is justified by works of the law. We are justified by grace through faith. But notice what he says here. He speaks to those without the law and those who are with the law. And he says, secondly, and as many that are with the law, literally in the law, they sin. Through the law, they will be judged. Verse 13. For, and this is so true, for it's not the hearers of the law which are righteous before God, now, literally, it says, from God. And it's important because language in the text, we need to be very specific. Many times, people translate things, and they're careless. They say, well, this doesn't sound good. Well, there's significance when someone something doesn't sound good. Maybe it's trying to tell us something, and what is that? Well, look again. Verse 13, where he says, For not the listeners to the law are righteous, and then it says, righteous from God. Why does it say that? Because it wants to teach us something. And what is that? Righteousness is from God. There is no other way that you can truly be righteous than, than receiving that from him. That's why the scripture says, Messiah, he took your sin, my sin, the sins of the world, not just the elect, but the sins of the world were placed upon him. They transferred from all humanity unto him when he died upon that cross, suffered that punishment, that judgment of sin. And then it says, his righteousness was imputed, that is, given, placed upon us. So this is why it says here that, that the righteousness is from God. And then it says, but the one who does the law will be justified now he's telling us something here and this is a true statement there are two ways that you can be righteous in god's sight did you know that here's the first one do all the law never sin there's only been one person who has done that never violated the law and that is yeshua hamashiach jesus christ only he everyone else no one is righteous not one only him but among human beings, we've all stumbled, stumbled frequently and often. We have all sinned. And therefore, he says here, there's only one way up until now what he's revealed in this passage for you to be seen as justified by God. And that's what? Doing the law. Are you able to do that? You are not. Am I able to do that? I am not. So there better be another way or we are in serious trouble. We'll come to that in a moment. Now look at verse 14. For whenever, and now he has the term, a Gentile. 
means one from the nations, meaning not from the nation of Israel, a non-Jew. So he says, for whenever a Gentile, the things, and then it says, not having a law, but by nature, these things of the law, they do. So they don't have the law, the Gentiles. God did not give them at the beginning the Torah. But it says, when one from the nations, the things, the things of the law, they, they do. It says, these, not having a law, but it says, to themselves, they are a law. Now, what does that mean? It means that in a natural way, and we'll talk about what that natural way is, they become obedient to the will of God. Not having the law, but by nature. They do the things, the scripture says, of the law. And therefore, they become basically a law unto themselves, meaning they're practicing the law among themselves. Now, how does one do that? Well, this is the word that we're going to come in contact with real soon. And this is the word conscience. Now, this is important. And, of course, I'm reading from Greek. But let's talk a moment. I've shared this before, but, but perhaps you haven't heard it. In Hebrew, the, the Greek, excuse me, the Hebrew word for, for conscience is matzpun. It comes from another Hebrew word, matzpen, which means compass. So the conscience is kind of the compass that God's given to all humanity. And through that conscience, we can hear, perhaps faintly, but we can hear and we have a degree, not as we should, but a degree of understanding in the natural. And that's why those people who teach that one is dead in their sins and trespasses. Yes, we are dead in our sins and trespasses. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a conscience that works. And the implication is that is that someone who is lost, separated from God, cannot do anything in and of himself to change that. We are totally helpless to save ourselves. It's only what Messiah did. It's God's grace. But even in the state of lostness, being totally separated from God, a person can come in contact with the Word of God and to some degree understand it. This is what Paul is saying here, that these individuals by, what's the word here? Well, if you look carefully at the text, we see the word. It's the word fusay. It means by nature. What are they doing? The things that are in the law. Now look at verse 15, something very important. It says, who, and this is plural. See, in, in Greek, you can say who, and you can read that and know that it's in the plural. We're talking about a group of people. So who manifests, here again, these are not necessarily believers. These are individuals who manifest the work of the law, how? Written in their heart. How? Well, it tells us. Bearing witness together, they do. Through what? Through their conscience. Everyone is born with a conscience. Now, better than a conscience and better than the Torah written down is what? 
the Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us. Why? He is the Spirit of truth. He will guide you in all truth. Also, we find another important thing, and that is that the Spirit of Messiah, the Holy Spirit, is a spirit of righteousness. Therefore, when I receive grace through that decision to receive the grace of God, meaning believing in what Messiah did upon that tree, that cross, I receive grace. And what happens? Well, grace enters in. It saves me for how long? Forever, eternally secured through the grace of God. Why? His work is all sufficient. I can have confidence in what he did. But that grace is going to work in my life to move me towards the will of God. I will have a desire to obey God, and I will want to live righteously. Do we fail? Yes, we fail, but we're grieved over that. We don't want to fail God. We want to walk in righteousness. A true believer wants that. We stumble. We can be rebellious at times, but we should want righteousness. And therefore, he says, who manifests the work of the law written in their hearts, how? Testing, testifying together with what? Their conscience among one another. And it says, the thoughts, the thoughts of one another in regard to being guilty or being, being defended, meaning not guilty. So the conscience works in our life. This is what it's saying. The conscience works in our life in order to show those things that are, are guilty, wrong, and those things that, that are defendable, meaning one is not guilty from it. This is what the conscience does. This is what Paul is saying here. But realize, we're going to see later on, there is a better way, a more excellent way. What is that? Not relying upon the conscience, but relying upon the Holy Spirit. And for that, you have to be a believer. Now, we all know people, some very, very seemingly nice people, people that you would trust, people who are honest, but they're not believers. What are they listening to? Their conscience. Praise God for that. But there is a better way, and that is to receive God's grace, to be a recipient of the Holy Spirit, and, and what? And walk in the anointing of the Spirit. You're going to understand truth much, much better. The Spirit of God speaks and guides you much better than the conscience. So he writes here in this passage of Scripture, he says, you know, among themselves, their conscience is working. That, that, that law that was written in their heart that God put in all humanity. And it says, basically, it gives thoughts among themselves of those things that are guilty and those things that, that are not, that can be defended. Now look at our last verse, verse 16. It says, although that's true here now, there's a problem. See, you might be able, through your conscience, to manage through this world, People might say, yeah, he's an honest man. He's a, 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 a good individual. She's a, a person of truth. You can depend upon her. But that's man's standards. That's what people think. But there's coming something. What is that? Well, look at this next part of the verse where he says, verse 16, in the day, and that's a specific day, in the day that God judges, here it is, 
the secret thing, this hidden things of man. Now, here's the problem. Individuals can be very good in having a, a behavior and a way of life that the world will say, he's a good person. But God goes deeper than that. See, there's many things you don't know about me, I don't know about you. We see other people, we say, yes, they're nice people, they're good people, they're kind, they help others out. They are generous with their, their, with their finances. They give all these things to various causes. But that's not enough. Why? Because it says here, there is a day coming when God will judge what? God's going to judge the hidden things. It's the word crypto. Now, you've heard that word crypto, meaning hidden. So he will judge the hidden things of men according to what according to my gospel that's simply the gospel that paul was sharing notice how now we see what's superior when messiah judges and now we're talking about something we're talking about eternal judgment that judgment day and the only way hear this the only way that you're going to get through that day and be brought into the presence of God, meaning this, that you are going to be in the kingdom. The only way is through the gospel. I'm going to say that again. You can be a nice person, a good person. You may have a good reputation. You may really have a strong conscience that leads you in a good way. But that's not enough. The only way, hear this, the only way that you can stand on that judgment day is if you have received the gospel and notice what it says paul says my gospel it's the gospel that he's proclaiming but notice it says through messiah yeshua that's the only way and messiah yeshua he paid for what he paid for all sin all the sins of the world only hear this only through what he did that you can have complete forgiveness and notice something else not just complete forgiveness but eternal forgiveness when one says yes to the gospel i'm a sinner i can't justify myself i am not one who has done perfectly all the commandments of god if you just stumbled at one point you're guilty of all and the only hope that you have is through the grace of God, that mercy, that forgiveness, that, that love, and all of that is only available to those that receive the gospel. I can assure you that if you have not said yes to the gospel, saying, yes, I'm a sinner and I trust in what Messiah did on that cross, that he died, that he shed his blood, I invite him into my life, I want to be in a new covenant relationship with him, I believe he died and he rose on that third day. If you've made that profession, you will be in the kingdom of God. All of your sins are forgiven. If you have not, you will not, no matter how strong your conscience is, no matter what people think about you, how nice you are, you will not be in the kingdom of God. It's one way through the gospel and the gospel only. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.